I love the sound of that more and more the way you do this. I don't realize how much that pumps me up. It's like the music, the lights, the camera, the action. Oh, wait, where is my camera action? Oh, man, I'm going to have to grab it. It's so, so cool. But anyways, guys, welcome back to a, another Conversations. Man, I, I want to find that. That's really fun. Anyways, welcome back. I'm going to say lights, camera, let's go to another discussion in our champion reads book club is we're going to be talking a little bit more about this awesome book right here leadership and self-deception in fact why don't i just bring it up on the screen and joining us today of course is the um, co-host and creator and also discussion extravenaire <laughs> let's give you some really cool names the amazing mr ian sturmer what's going on ian <laughs> hey extravenaire i love that i think i'm going to put that on a business card we should yeah that's a definitely yeah. good one <laughs> it replaced the freelance Freelance philosopher I have on there now. <laughs> Freelance philosopher. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm having a good time and I'm really excited about just, again, diving deeper into this. And and you and I both are those individuals who really enjoy this book, you know, once a year at least. And, and there's just so much to learn from it and gain from it. And when you spend time with people who are in the know talking about leadership and self-deception, but most importantly, the concept about being in the box, we're going to dive deeper into that conversation a little bit today and, and, and explain like really what it looks like or what it feels like or what it means to, to um, be in the box and why we are in the box. We'll get to the why and the reasoning behind it. And then we'll also talk a little bit about, you know, how does, how, how does it, how does being in the box affect our lives a little bit more? And um, just forewarning to everyone, we are not drinking smoothies this time, so I will not choke myself out of this conversation. But um, we're definitely excited to continue that. But you know, why don't we just kick it off uh, and, and and ask the, the 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 question? You know, why are we in the box? If we um, want to dive into that, yeah, um, I was thinking about that some, and the truth is, we're born in the box. Um, the box is kind of how, you know, our personal perception of things, um, which we talked some about last week, we only really know what we can see, hear, feel, taste, touch. Everything is about internally ourselves. Uh, when we're born as babies, we quickly learn that if we cry, then we'll get held, fed, changed, whatever we need. Um, later on, we learn that when we smile, we get a positive response from people. Later on, we realize when we bring flowers to a girl, we hope to get a positive response from a girl. Um, so when we do these things, the question is, are we doing them because we want this girl to be happy? Or are we doing them because we want to receive something from it? And that's kind of the idea to me of the box when we're focusing what we're going to get out of it. And what we think we deserve, we're in the box. And from birth, that's how we experience life, is being in the box and manipulating our box and our actions to get the results we want in the box. Um, and really, that's, that's our whole life until we learn that there is a box and we're in it and there's actually something outside of that box. I won't give any spoilers on that part yet. <laughs> I love the way that you put that and a great, great way to kick this off. We definitely are born in the box. And, um, and, and so, you know, without diving 
too quickly into the conversation. I, I also recognize that maybe something we didn't bring up last time is it's okay. Like, first of all, the box is a good evaluation tool and it's a great observation. And also it's an experience and, you know, we can't be perfect. And that's not what the box is all about. It's not about being perfect. It's not about a regimented way of living so that you never make mistakes. The box is a continuous reminder. It's a, it's a constant evaluation tool and resource for us to see and observe and also to recognize where we're at. And I, I think that's so valuable. And then even at the, the, the core of, of life itself, where we as individuals, as innate human beings at the nature of life, that the box was created before we, before we even arrived. And it is as we are, um, we're able to grow and learn within those constructs. Um, another version, or I guess another take on the box theory is, you know, the lens or maybe even the framework of particular, um, uh, um, observances. And what that means is, you know, you can look at anything with a different type of lens, you know, people mostly refer to like, Oh, do you have rose colored glasses? Right. They, 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 they think that your, your life is sunshine and rainbows. If you look through rose colored glasses and you just don't see the bad and things, but, um, that's one example of a lens. You could also use the lens of a microphone or micro, uh, micro glass or, um, it, what is that? It's a microphone. microscope. Microscope, that's the one, <laughs> or even a telescope or whatever it yeah. is. But you can dive deeper into things, into the details of things by using a different lens and a different scope. And then the same thing too with frames. You could put things in a framework. And here with the box theory, we're, we're literally taking a framework of a box, something that can be entered into and exited out of in order to you know, visually see and observe and be aware. So it's a, it's a great resource and a great tool. And once you're, you know, diving into this book, you're reading the story and you're in the know per se to, to the conversation and the theory of the box, you now have a better understanding of how to observe and to take control of your life in a way that you, you really want to have a, uh, a, a better understanding of how this works. So I love that you brought that example up and I just wanted to add some context for our listeners as well. And, and for those participating in the show, but yeah, so let's talk about it. Let's dive into the weeds okay. a little bit. I wanted to, to carry through on something you said there. Um, another great book, one of my favorites is called gaining control uh, by Robert Bennett. Yeah. That's and a good book. one of the first concepts he talks about in that he calls a belief window. And I know I've talked about that with you before, but the idea is that you've got this piece of glass in front of your face and everything you experience, you write on that glass. Huh. Um, you write, you know, people with red hair drive too fast. Um, people that have green cars cut me off in traffic <laughs> and your experiences you write on there. And then that filters everything you see. Um, and some of that's good because we need to make generalizations to be able to get through life. Some of that's bad because one particular incident can discolor everything for us. But once we realize that there's that piece of glass in front of us and what we see is not actually what's there, what we see is what's filtered through our perceptions, then we can start to look at it realistically and see a more true picture of what's happening. 
And that's the same idea with the box. Once we realize there's a box there, then we can deal with it. Then we can understand what's going on. Um, I, I talked to you in the uh, green room before um, with a, a simple analogy. If you're lost in the woods, the best strategy is probably not to start walking. Maybe you want to figure out where you are and where you need to get to, and then you can start walking. But if you just start taking action and moving without knowing where you are, you don't know your situation. Um, you know, you stand at least a one in four chance of, well, maybe you stand a one in four chance of going the right direction and a three in four chance of being in the wrong direction. <laughs> as a, as a fellow navigator myself, uh, I, I love that example because, um, you know, one of my, <laughs> just a little top off topic, <laughs> yeah. but in relation to that is. Uh, one of my favorite shows growing up was was the show that Bear Grylls was on, um, and uh, they would take him by helicopter and drop him into a random wilderness, and he would essentially, with his camera crew, run around and he would show you how he would survive and exit. And usually, number one is finding you know uh, resources nearby to survive. Number two is shelter. Number three is you know getting oriented and trying to find a place to decide where you're going to go, um, all within the environment within you're in. And you're absolutely right. Like you, you've got to be able to recognize. And this is really what kind of a tool that this can be for. And um, I, I love that example because you know you you definitely need to get a grasp of where you're at what's around you, what it is, what your environment. I love the glass. I love the glass wall um, example too, because it, it, that reminded me of two, two different movies. Um, the, the one is, I forget what it's called. It's, it's that Disney movie and, and uh, each experience is in a, in a bulb. Um, and then that bulb is a memory and that memory is some part. Um, I forget what that one's called, but um, there's that one. And then there's, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the all the women are very uh, uh, um, uh, uh, they love that movie because it's about you know understanding your feelings and I, I agree it's a really important powerful concept but what it really makes me think of is the matrix and here's why you know there's an there's a natural innate coding to our bodies and how we react and your example of you know we were born in the box and we grow up you know recognizing facial features and and, and experiences and expressions and stuff like that essentially I, I, the same thing, you know, with, with the matrix, it's, there's this coding in our life has things that we get to unlock and see and observe and, and be aware of throughout every little experience. And it's almost like a game. It's almost like a level enhancer. It's, it's part of our experience. So not to get too geeked out or nerdy or deep into a tangent of conversation on that, but it just did remind me to give I guess people some context of what we might be discussing here, but essentially it's just a, it's just a box. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's, it's a box. We're in it. And that's what we can see and experience. <laughs> um, but yeah, that first thing is recognizing you're there, knowing that you're in it um, even more than, than the struggle to get out of it is just understanding where you are. Because uh, sometimes that's the most important thing is to know where you are. Um, so not to, to get myself or you in trouble, we're both married. <laughs> and how much of a relationship with your wife is knowing where she is in that, you know, in a particular situation 
um, that's the most important thing is understanding what she's thinking, understanding the situation, maybe understanding the situation I'm in <laughs> is the most important thing. Uh, <laughs> I have heard the advice as well that uh, it's like when you're pulled over by a police officer when you're driving. You look straightforward. You answer in simple yes and no questions until you know exactly what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but wait and find out where you're at. If you start jumping into, I, I, I don't have a good example, but generic, I start jumping into why I wasn't really at fault for something. Mm. And halfway through it, I find out I'm admitting a fault she didn't even know about and a problem I'm bringing up. And she was talking about something else. <laughs> Um, I didn't take time to find out where I'm at. What am I really in trouble for? So I can find out how to get out of it. So I'm <laughs> repeating myself, but yeah, that first step, um, know you're in the box and know what that means. So what does that mean to us when we're, that we are in a box? Um, absolutely. I'll, I'll pause and let you take it over. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I, I love your examples and yeah, we, we will get in trouble as, as husbands and men to, uh, to, to drive and decide to understand um, what yes. they're going through. But absolutely. I mean, uh, to, to any, in all cases, it's just very vital to have that perspective and to understand um, what really is going on before you dive in. And, and, and again, there's, there's probably healthier and better tactics and strategies or even just um, samples of what to do and, and how to react or act. And I think it's powerful, but in the book of leadership and self-deception, the, the Arbinger Institute talks, um, well, first of all, you follow the storyline of, of Bud and his, his surroundings, his work environment, also his wife, Nancy, and so much more. And it gets into that, that sort of marital conversation and expectations on both hands and, and why it's important. And, um, and, and there's a part in there too, where, where as, as Bud is being introduced or, or interviewed by um, his boss and so forth, it gets into this evaluation of, of once you start to see and recognize where you're at in the box or out of the box and why it's, why it's driving that there's, there's obviously going to be steps to get out of it. But before we jump to conclusions and, and try to get to the, to the, how do I get out of it? How do I get out of it? It's understanding the why and understanding the circumstance to help you better see an exit and also to find ways to either remain out of the box or to have solutions for when you are in the box. And so we're excited to get into more about that. But um, there's a great example we, we wanted to talk about today about um, the the conversation um, in their heads, right, <laughs> of, um, of what's going on when, when uh, um, Bud and his wife Nancy are both in bed and the baby starts to cry, I believe. Right. Um, I can bring yeah, they... up... I'll let you look for that graphic. When the baby starts to cry, and uh, I guess this is the boss, David and Nancy, sorry. Getting all the names straight. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Bud's the guy so, that interviews yeah. David. David's the one with the problem. I'm just kidding. He's in yeah. the box, and David's wife is Nancy. There you go. Yeah. So they're they're sleeping in bed, and the baby starts to cry. Um, and as the baby's crying, David is thinking, Nancy should get up and get the baby because I'm tired. And um, we talked about self-betrayal last time. Self-betrayal is when you're doing something contrary to what you know you should do for someone else. We all know we should get up and take care of the baby. Um, 
but it's two in the morning and none of us want to get up and take care of a baby. Um, so Bud starts to, or sorry, David here starts to say, well, I'm the victim. Um, I'm the one that can't sleep. I've got to be up early in the morning. I had a long day. Life is so unfair to me that if I had to do all this work, I'm hardworking. I'm an important person. I'm a breadwinner. Um, you know, and I took care of the baby two weeks ago. So it's not fair. I have to do it every couple of weeks. I have to wake up. Mm. I felt that way before. <laughs> um, and I'm sensitive because I care about my baby and my baby needs to be held. Um, I'm a great dad. I'm a good husband. I provide. And, you know, David or myself see ourselves as this great person. Everything's so unfair that we're having to deal with. Um, and it's all because Nancy is so selfish to be sleeping next to me um, when there's that simple act of her getting up and holding the baby would help me out so much. So why isn't she caring about me? Why isn't she thinking about this? Um, you know, she's just, to read the, the graphic, she's just lazy. That's the problem. She's too lazy to help me. She's inconsistent. She doesn't care that I'm tired. Um, she doesn't appreciate that I worked really hard and took 15 phone calls yesterday. Um, it's just, she's insensitive. She doesn't care about me. She's only worried about her own feelings. You know what? I think she's awake. That faker is just pretending to sleep to make <laughs> me get up instead. How dishonest is that to lay here pretending to be asleep when she could be getting up? I'm not pretending to be asleep. I'm evaluating my life at this point, which is important. So I'm not a faker. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that's, it makes sure it's a lousy mom and wife if she's not willing to do these things. And uh, forgive me for expounding on a story here. Absolutely. No, um, but if, an interesting thing about this is all of this takes place in his head. Um, and if he gets up grumbling complaining in his mind and all these thoughts about his wife and holds the baby till the baby goes to sleep and lays down again. Mm. That's all in the box. If he looks at his wife and says, she had a hard day. She looks so beautiful sleeping. She needs the rest. Let me help out. And he gets up and takes care of the baby and then goes back to sleep. The exact same action happened both times. If Nancy is asleep, she has no idea, if he doesn't say anything, that those two different stories happened. Um, and we use the word mindset a lot, and there's a lot of different definitions, but I'm going to put mindset idea into this box. Being in the box is more about the mindset you have than it is about the actions you're actually taking. Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, David can get up and take care of the baby entirely inside the box or entirely outside of the box, depending on the mindset he has. But that mindset difference um, can make a huge difference in his life, even though the baby and Nancy may never even know about it in that time. So maybe a first way to look at the box with that is, um, what does it mean to me to be inside the box? Hmm. Um, and how does that affect my life even if we're not looking at the people we're interacting with yet and how it affects them, but how does it affect ourselves 
to be in the box and grumbling or out of the box and wanting to serve. You know, I, man, this, this put my brain into a contemplative state of just, uh, oops, I keep doing this. I, I, um, hit something on my keyboard and my dictation opens up and then it listens to everything I say. Um, it put me in such a, a contemplative state because man, I've, I've been there. I know this scenario. And if it's not the baby, it's something else. Right. And uh, again, uh, I think many people can probably relate with this example, but you know, I tend to believe that I have the purest intentions and that I'm the nicest human being, which I am. Right. And, and which we are, but, but when it comes down to it, like I believe this thing about me that it almost gets to a, it, it's like taking one of those pins and just poking, poking a nerve or poking your skin when, when something seems out of alignment or it appears and seems that people think you're out of alignment from that particular person or, or being that you believe you are. And, and, you know, what, and again, I, I I'm going to write down a bunch of notes and tactics and strategies for next time um, when we're going to talk about how to uh, get out of the box and we'll come up with some really cool ways to do that. But essentially you, you start to think and you start to create solutions for yourself. But I've, I've, I've found that the purpose of the box is, is again, awareness, recognition, and, and observation. But w- with that being said too, it's, it's a great understanding that, that being in ourselves, like thinking so much about ourselves can, can o- overcomplicate situations. Again, like you, you, you well described here was, was you put yourself as the victim first. Well, first of all, that's no place to be. <laughs> second, you never want to be the victim. And third, uh, second, first, and then third um, is, is that you do have this belief about yourself or what you're doing and how you're acting in, in, in this role. And then, you know, most importantly is, is you feel like, like, maybe the other person's not doing their job. And if you were to get up, you're probably enabling them to continue down that spiral path of darkness, doom that they're already in, because that's what you think about the other person in this context. And so you put your foot down in defiance, right? To, to make sure and focus on, 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 on principles or principles, right. You know, um, but, but, but at the end of the day, it's like, there, there is a point and purpose and place for the reasoning in which why we're in the box. And I think you hit it on the head. And, and number two is, you know, it, it comes from a belief of what other people are doing. And that might be a place of insecurity. That might be a place of, of, of unknowing. It might be a place of deciding and understanding where, where you're at in that process. But yeah, I just wanted to add to that. I think that there's a lot of things that can come from it, but ultimately why we're in the box is, you know, possibly because we need to be in the box, but in that moment we can find ways out. Yeah. Um, I love that. And, you know, being in the box is, is that, well, one, sometimes we do need to be in the box because we need to understand our own feeling. Um, If we're never understanding we're in the box, we don't realize there is a box and there's a way out of it and all that. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of it fits into a justification um, of things. And uh, one of my favorite uh, philosophers slash comedians named Emo Phillips has a line. He said, uh, I was walking down the street one day and I found this wallet. And at first I was going to keep it instead of returning it. But then I thought, 
how would I feel if I lost $500? Then I realized I would want to be taught a lesson. Um, so it's easy to justify um, yeah. that, you know, it's okay I'm doing this. Um, and even if these intentions start out good, um, another story that I've heard years ago and love, and it's kind of more of a parable because I don't know if it's based on a true story, but uh, there's a man who gets a job and he wants to support his family. And uh, I think all of us talk about what's your why when you're working? And it's my family. I want to support my family. I want to provide for them. So he wants to provide for his family. So he works hard mm. and he has to work longer hours. And he says, you know, pretty soon your family starts to see you as just this grumpy old guy who works all the time. Um, and then pretty soon you start thinking, well, why doesn't my family appreciate me? I'm putting all this effort in to provide for them, to give them the things that I never had as a child, to be a great husband and father. But they just don't appreciate me. But, you know, the people in my office, I just got a bunch of awards from them and they're congratulating me on closing this deal and finishing this project. And uh these people at work really appreciate me and these people at home, you know, even when I try and talk to them now, they don't want to talk to me because they just, they think I'm not worth their time or they think I'm not interested. And your perspective changes from initially very altruistically wanting to help your family. And pretty soon your motivation is you want to get the admiration of your coworkers, hmm. the accolades from somebody else. And now your family that was your why in reality is your hindrance. You know, I got to go to that birthday party, but I can close the deal if I don't go to it. Well, you know, I love my kid, but in my mind, I'm thinking about that deal I got to work on. <laughs> um, so that perspective can easily shift, even if we started outside the box to inside the box. Because again, what we see, hear, feel, taste, touch, um, on the surface at least looks like my family doesn't love me and the people in my office do love me. And I'm sure we all have stories of how that story ends really badly with somebody losing their family because they get too involved with people in their work. Mm. Um, so even out of the box can slide into the box quite easily um, when you don't understand where you are and what your your real priorities um and you start getting that self-deception of not treating people the way that you know you should and you start treating yourself the way you want to be treated is that the copper rule treat yeah. yourself the way you want to be treated <laughs> <laughs> yeah because uh the platinum is much better yeah. right right yeah <laughs> oh man well i want to i want to add um another teammate and um producer into the conversation welcome lauren we're glad you're here and you'll need to unmute if you want to jump in. But um, just real quick, like, uh, I love this. And a few key words and topics um, come to mind. And the key words, obviously, like, there's this there's this idea of love languages. And like, don't you know my love language and, and understanding me? And, you know, you expect other people to look at you in a certain way the way you want to be seen, but it's not a, it's not really about that. It's, it's more of about like what needs to be done and just to do it. Um, and, and, and it doesn't, it eliminates a lot of other factors. I mean, the box is very simple and it allows us to really create 
a relationship within ourselves and how we react. I mean, the baby's crying, just the first response shouldn't be, boom, she should get up and get the baby. It should be, oh, the baby needs help. And that should be, you know, what we should, but without shooting on everything, it should be more about a, a, a conversation to yourself about what needs to be done. And I think that's interesting. Um, the other word that comes up is, a, is like toxicity, which is a very, um, I, I don't know. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a buzzword these days, like, oh, toxic, you know, that's the, that person's toxic, but, but the toxicity in, in that under, in that thinking and that mindset is that, that it is so, um, expectant of others rather than expectant of yourself, which again, at the end of the day, I mean, golden, bronze, silver, gold, platinum rule, whatever it is at the end of the day, you know, I've always heard that you've got to take care of number one and number one, isn't a selfish thing. It's looking yourself in the mirror and taking care of yourself as somebody who's able, able, capable, and, and also recognizing, um, uh, uh, personal awareness and so forth, which I think I've, that's become my buzzword in this episode is awareness. Cause I definitely feel that observation, that peripheral also that if you guys remember the example from last time, the ability to see yourself from behind uh bird's eye view and in, and in the future, very, very powerful in this aspect. So there's a, there's a few thoughts there, but um, I was going to jump in. Please do. Uh, in the book. I just brought it up because I'm not good at remembering word for word. But it says, it's easy to get caught up in the endless doing of work and lose sight of who is at the other end of our transaction. Managers, even seasoned ones, who pride themselves on their results orientation can lose their focus seeing interactions between people as tasks. Another workplace reality is that we simply do not gel with or even like some of our coworkers. All the more reason to see past their human humanness. Um, but we define self-deception as not knowing and resisting the possibility that one has a problem. So it's, you know, it goes along with what you're saying with the toxicity nowadays, like they're toxic. I'm not right. Like it's their problem that I don't like them because they behave this way and this way and this way, you know, instead of looking at ourselves being like, you know, I can look past that and still see that they're human and treat them respectfully, you know, instead of seeing them as their problems. I like that. It's um, recognizing, again, ourselves versus other people. Um, there's an analogy that, you know, John's a, a sport racing guy, running guy. Um, and there's two ways to win a race. You can run faster than the other person or the other person can run slower than you. And to many people, if you cross the finish line first, you've won. Um, but if the person you're running against happens to trip and you get your slowest time ever, but you cross the finish line first, did you really win? Um, you might've got a medal for it or somebody put a ribbon around your neck, but that's not the same kind of a win. So a lot of people say, you know what? Maybe I can't be great, but if I can make that person look bad or I can think of that person's weaknesses in comparison, I'll be a lot better. So yeah. I can be happy with that. I don't have to work hard. I feel good about myself because that loser over there 
you know, they took the last snicker bar and didn't let me take it. And that was really rude of them. So they're a bad person. Right. Um, I don't and have I, to think that I would have taken it. <laughs> inside the box, that's exactly what it is. We're comparing ourselves and trying to make ourselves feel and look better than others, right? Instead of allowing them to shine in their light and us shine in our light. I love that. I, I, I just wanted to add a little bit to that. It just, uh, again, there, there's so much like personal um, uh, evaluation approach to this. And, and again, standing in your light versus, versus creating boundaries versus focusing on, on where you stand versus where they stand. Again, at the end of the day, there is a value system that comes into this, but if, but I think all of us can agree that we all want to be good people, that we all want to be helpful, that we all want to be recognized. I think that validation and appreciation are some of the most powerful rule, uh, rules in the love language of, of, of um, affirmation, right? And so it's just, it's, it's so powerful to think that way. But again, you know, there's, there's an even bigger why than, um, than, than the intrinsic thoughts of, of I am... I am a good person. I am the provider. I am this and that and whatever. There's a bigger evaluation than that. And I, I, I think just digging deep into that is really helpful. Um, and, and, you know, again, we're going to get into, I keep wanting to get into strategies and tactics, but we'll, we'll get into that next time guys. But just knowing the why behind it is very, very powerful. And it does like, like Ian said, and Warren said, it affects us. Like it could, it could roll on for years and how people do stuff. And I'm not saying like, it's the people hold grudges or they, they feel certain ways about certain people or just somehow that, that these emotions and these thoughts and feelings stack on belief systems about other people. And, you know, at the end of the day, it does affect us. It creates a, um, a festering wound that will continue to grow if we're not healed. And if not, if not attended to, and that is just an example that creates a little bit more solutions for others. Yeah. I was just kind of reminding me, I was talking, sorry, Lauren, um, talking with a, a lady a while ago, an older lady, and uh, she was saying that she felt like every day she would tell her husband, please wipe the mirror after you brush your teeth. And every day he would smile and say, I'm sorry, dear, I will work on that. Um, and eventually he passed away. And she said that uh, after that, every day she went into the bathroom and she had to wipe the mirror. Um, and she finally realized she was the one that was making the mirror dirty and not him. But every day he would just say, I'm sorry, I'll work on it. He knew exactly what was going on, but he recognized that he had to be out of the box and care about her feelings. And if he went, hey, I did it, it's your fault that would not have lifted up the relationship. That would not have solved the problem of the mirror. It would have opened more problems. Um, and when she finally realized that the problem was herself, not him, um, she was able to really look back on her husband with so much more love um, and build that love even greater in that relationship in her heart. Um, so much more than if he had corrected her and they, moved past it and went on with their lives and lived happily ever after. 
would not have had the same effect as his loving acceptance of blame for something he wasn't doing um, and showing that love for her. So I, I love how that really illustrates um, the simple nature of being in and out of the box and how that affects ourselves later on and how much it meant to her when she finally realized what was going on. She finally was able to see outside of the box, outside of the mirror to what had happened. That reminds me uh, between Ty, my husband and I, I would, I used to always get on him for the tone of voice he used. I'd say, you just sound so rude when you say that to me. I said, I'm not being rude. I didn't mean it rude. I was like, but you need to change your tone of voice before you say it to me. You should stop and think about it before you say it. And I was like, it was him. It was him. Like, that's what would trigger me to get annoyed or mad. And then I was like, I need to accept and maybe think that he is not mad at me. It's just he said something or, you know, there's other things on his mind. It's not that he's mad at me. You know, I interrupted him at a certain moment or but for a long time, I'd always just get on him, like, change your tone of voice. Like, don't say it that way to me. Can you just talk nicer? And it was just a battle until I finally realized that I was part of that problem, <laughs> you know. And he eventually said to me, I just get annoyed when you always say that to me because it's, I'm just talking or I'm just making a statement. And I had to realize that I was provoking some of that, you know. <laughs> it's, it's so annoying to find out I'm the problem and not the people I'm blaming. Yeah. Or it's like, why do I have to think that he's saying it mean to me, you know, or he's directing it at me? And sometimes he's like, I was just thinking out loud. I'm like, well, I thought you were talking, saying that directed to me, you know? And I was in the box because everything was about me and why was he attacking me? So, yeah. one of the many yeah. things. It's not always perfect, right? But I've come a long ways with it and we have a happier marriage. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge part of it is realizing that there's not necessarily an answer, a solution, an end goal. Um, and the book talks about this. It's not, are we in the box or out of the box? It's that we're in the box and out of the box. Um, and as we realize that, um, recognizing that times we're in the box, times we're out of it, we're trying to move out of it, but it's a, it's always in a constant flux. Um, yeah, they call it, isn't it like the dancing of the boxes? This, kind of dancing and out of them at times. Yeah. I need yeah, you to be your other dancer. <laughs> and if you're if you're an athlete like me, you treat the box like um, like one of those ladders, those step ladders, and you're just like in and out as fast as you possibly can. Um, if, not that we need to remain in the box is is um, more than more than we have to or that we should. Um, two great like observational examples of this is if you ever watch the TV show Survivor and the drama that's created because people just, one, they're starving, two, they're exhausted, three, they're cranky and lack of sleep, and four is because they're just humans. And the way that people come across in situations and conversations are exactly like Lauren described. You know, you, you see where that person could have communicated better, but at the same time too, it's like, who, you, you just gotta be open. Like the people, who are ultimately don't take offense uh, from the get-go are typically those who go further in the game. Another great, I mean, not great, I don't approve of this, is, um, you know, trashy dating shows. Like, when you yeah. watch that human psychology, 
come through in in a lot of um, social environments you, you you observe it from afar and you know it should teach us a thing or two about communication but it usually doesn't because we usually gravitate towards the same habits and the more you listen to it it becomes part of your subconscious mind but anyways i just thought that was a funny example but now i i, I find a lot of value in this conversation and again uh, I think just wrapping this up is that we are, we do get affected by it. It's 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 okay. The box isn't necessarily the most evil thing in the world. It's just knowing what to do, why it's there, and how to exit is is really what's most important. And it's a constant dance. It's a it's a it's a relationship ebb and flow part of your life and you're going to have to work with on it every single day. And in this book, we talk, I mean, we, he takes us through um, the examples of, of, you know, uh, I guess David and all of his back and forth and, and so much more. And I think that that's just a, a realization again, to, to focus on what is, what is where our head should be at and our thoughts can be. Um, and, and again, I think what this all leads to is, contentment, a fulfillment, um, validation, and even just a greater sense of, of, of love and appreciation because we do need the box in order to experience maybe those difficult frictionist times in our lives so that we have those experiences and those memories and the ability to learn. Um, without opposition, there's no way of us growing and learning and progressing anyways. So it's just a powerful principle and a tool. And I'm, I'm grateful for the lesson. It continues to, to remind me, but also that it magnifies into greater, greater topics and, and, and understanding. Well, that just, um, as you were talking, remind me the one of the first things it says in the book is, I guess his bud is called into his, his boss's office and he's kind of excited about how good he's doing and just hired and how he's going to be a star. And the first thing he says, his boss says is, Bud, you have a problem. What? What's what do I do? <laughs> uh, what do you mean I have a problem? You don't even know me yet. Um, but that first realization, we've all got a problem. We're all in the box. Um, and the dating shows, I just have to jump back to that. The dating shows are great because they show that that guy's box is so much worse than mine. <laughs> So I'm actually not doing that bad now. I'm not like that guy. Um, and maybe sometimes that box is a protection. When there's something a little bit too emotional going on outside, we can kind of retreat a little bit. Maybe we need that little space to help us out um, until we can realize how that we well realize first we can get out of it. Then we can realize how to get out of it. But just that knowledge that it's possible. Yes, we're here and it's possible to get out. Once we comprehend those two things, then we're ready to start working on next week's discussion. <laughs> How do we actually do that? Yeah. Which I think, which I think we have endless material for. We're super excited <laughs> to dive into that. Um, yeah, and, and and then just to kind of wrap this up too, uh, I'll let Lauren uh, add in anything if she'd like. But um, the yeah, the conversation. I mean, when, when you are constantly at your best meaning you're portraying this i am an enthusiastic exciting fun person to be around and you're constantly exuding and propelling that to people um in a moment of weakness or in a moment of passing um it's really easy to miscommunicate it's really easy to miss 
behave in a contextual environment. And it's also really easy to just be back in the box. Like it's so, the door is so open and fluid that it sometimes is almost unrecognizable about how quickly it is to pass from in and out of the box. And you know what? That's a process you get to work through that you get to learn about yourself. But again, I love that your example, Ian, from the book is that you know, you've got a problem, like recognizing that there is, is something that we can always improve on and work on. And it's from other people's perspectives as well. But, but again, that at the end of the day is, is an invitation, right. To allow our in the box actions and how we can use it to improve ourselves as a result of being out of the box as often as we can and as fluidly as we can. Um, those conversations in the dating shows are hilarious because they're so presenting their best selves up front that the moment they drop back or let their guard down and they sound or come off as not who they are, that that becomes the the trigger or the light bulb that someone says, oh, that's a red flag or, oh, I didn't expect that from someone. They're not my Prince Charming or whatever. And it's just, there's so much that goes into those conversations that are, that are great. So um, again, we're not encouraging you to go watch trashy dating shows. There's probably a better use of your time, like reading this book right here. <laughs> but we're excited about it nonetheless. And so next time we will talk about the strategies, tactics, and conversations um, around getting out of the box and some, some ways to do so. And again, if you guys pick up a copy of this book, again, it's nine, ten bucks. Um, usually on Amazon, you can find a brand new copy probably for 20 bucks. But if you pick up a copy of this, they've got tools, resources, different guidelines, and even um, as we showed earlier, diagrams and photos and things that will help you uh, to see and understand this a little bit better. But again, just because you're in the club, meaning you know what the box is, doesn't give you the right to tell other people and talk to other people about them being in the box. Okay. It's an I don't invitation. suggest it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause it makes you sound like alien, like unworldly, like what are you talking about? And, and you know, there's another concept in this life that, that we're very familiar with, especially in the entrepreneurial world or the creative world, which is out of the box thinking. And though it's similar, it's a different concept. And then you don't, you don't want to muddy the water on both of those things because they have two different meanings from two different worlds. And so again, don't mix other conversations up with what other normal people think, because we all know that in the box versus out of box thinking is a completely different concept. And, uh, but, but they have relations as well, but Anyways, uh, any last words from you guys? Otherwise, we'll close this out and uh, we'll, we'll get ready for next week. We're good. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you in for, for preparing this conversation and, and for leading the discussions. Lauren, thank you for joining us. You're awesome. And we appreciate everyone. And, um, and again, if you're a member of Champion Circle or if you are um, listening to this and participating in our book club, following along at home, uh, first of all, we encourage you to reach out to us. If you have feedback, questions, or anything from the discussion topics that you'd like us to cover, um, first of all, we'll feature the question and two, we'll answer it. Um, from our perspectives, um, please send us an email to team at mychampioncircle.com and we'll be able to answer any and all questions there. Number two is if you'd like to join in on the conversations, uh, we will eventually go live with some of these so you can participate in the 
um, social media realm, or um, we, we do have room to bring on a few guests um, to be here in studio with us and to have these conversations and contribute to the discussions about the books. And so as we uh, dive deeper into those, continue to uh, reach out to us and allow us to uh, pour into you as a part of this. But this is the Champion Reads book discussions and book club from Champion Circle. And we encourage you to participate. We encourage you to read along and to dive deeper in some of the books that we have. So uh, with that being said, guys, we appreciate you. We love you both. And uh, thank you for your conversations today. And we'll see you next time with our uh, book club discussions. Thank see you, you very next- much.